From the world of AV programming and control with James King, I'm Steve Greenblatt, and this is Ask the Programmer. Hey, James, I'm glad to be back with you for another great show. Always be uh, great to be with you, Steve, here, uh, enjoying what we're doing and looking forward to this topic. Sounds good to me. I uh, believe that we had, we were just recently on um, Higher Ed AV uh, podcast with Joe Way, so uh, it was actually a lot of fun, and we got to tell our story a bit, and I uh, hope that uh, you our audience will check us out there. It gives, give you a little bit of context. If you haven't been with us since the beginning, uh, how we came about doing this and, uh, thank you, Joe, for having us. And we're, uh, we, we, we get, get, can, uh, provide a little bit of, uh, good banter about programming. So check that out. And I could, we'll provide a link to it in the show notes. Uh, today we're going to talk a little bit uh, we, we're kind of playing off of the, the our, our recent episode. We're going to talk a little bit about how do you plan a programming project. So um, one of the challenges, I think, a lot of times is that programmers don't get included and usually have to be left trying to make everything work. And uh, I'm sure that a lot of you out there are listening or nodding your head. And, I, and I'm glad. I hope that this is relatable. Um, so... What I think is a good thing for us to talk about is how can we change that? How, how do we get programmers more involved? How do we get them that proverbial seat at the table? And, and what's a good way to make everybody play nicely when it comes to uh, making the job uh, of delivering a successful outcome with programming more successful? So um, James, I, I'll... Uh, let you kind of jump in if you want to share some experiences, obviously your perspective in higher ed and, and as a, as a in-house programmer may be a little bit different from mine as a third-party programmer, but this is what makes this conversation a lot of fun and very beneficial. Oh, I agree. Uh, Our different views allow us to uh, see a fuller picture of what's going on for us programmers. But yeah, um, it's a hard topic, I think, of getting programmers to the table. I know I mentioned this before. It might have been on this podcast. might have been on the higher ed AV one with Joe, or it might have been both. But um, I, I feel like we always say AV is the last people to the table, and I feel programmers are the last people to the table for AV. Um, it's one of those things no one thinks about until it needs to be done because I feel just like AV, it's, it's a given. Oh, all you have to do is slap a TV on the wall. Oh, well, all you have to do is slap some code in because people don't understand it. They don't understand all the back end, all the work that we need to do um, to make things work. And they don't know the full skills we can do. There's been a couple projects I've been to where I've heard the person the tech was talking to the user and saying yeah the equipment can do that but i gotta make sure the programmer can do that like it's because they don't know and i wonder how many like sales people who go on calls are the same way it's like well yeah the equipment can do it but can our programmer do it um that becomes a question um that comes up because you don't want to overpromise. You don't want to say, yeah, I can make the disco ball spin 
thousand RPMs because equipment might be able to do it, but can the programmer act, can actually spin it at a thousand RPMs? Who knows? Um, but having a programmer there working with the tech and the user can address any of these questions or the user might have a crazy option that they want. And then the program be like, yeah, I can do that. Or no, we can't do that where the tech may not know. I think you bring up a really good point too. And it's not obvious to everybody that the control side of, of devices is not the same as what you might do when you're going to press the buttons on the, the actual unit or, or operate it manually. We like to hope so, but, but it's not always the case. And, you know, sometimes, you know, back in the day when you had IR control and that was a lot more prevalent, it was easier to demonstrate that because you pick up the remote and you say, okay, I could do what the remote can do, but, but I also, I'm not getting any feedback like you are. So think about this with your eyes closed and, and when you're pressing a button, you don't know what, what's happened. Um, when you get into some of the, the two-way control, that gives you a lot more tools at your disposal, only if the API provides that. And that's, uh, that, that's, that's one of the, the, the concerns. And it's something that, uh, as you mentioned, and we, I hate to pick on salespeople because they're the natural target, just like programmers are a natural target for, for why things don't work or are complicated, they, that we need to have more of that conversation. You know, a, a salesperson that says that programming is the deciding factor needs to go to their programmer and say, hey, is this, am I doing right here? Is, the, is this device going to work? And one way to do that is, is get a device and bench test it. May, you know, work with it before you actually have to put it into a project. Oh, yeah. I, I'm all for that. I'm all for testing and demoing equipment and making sure that it works. Because we had this is a saying of Joe Way. I know we're name dropping him multiple times today, which is good. He, he, he really won't mind. No, I, I, he's definitely shy of the spotlight, but sometimes you got to drop his name, I guess. <laughs> um, but he mentions is, especially in higher ed, we buy one, most likely we're buying 200 of them. So I don't want to spend the money for 200 devices if it's not going to do what I need it to do. So I got to be able to get a unit in, play with it, code it, and making sure that everything works well before I roll out 200 of them. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, that, that's a really, really good example, quite honestly. And it's, uh, for, for me, I think the, the idea, and, and we talked about this um, previously too, is uh, using proven devices is going to get you more, more probability of proven outcomes. Uh, not to say that you shouldn't use new devices, but, but do it with, with, with not with caution, but also with, with, with um, a little bit more care so that you're, you're, you're actually taking the time and knowing that this is going to fit. And, and I think that, that that's, that's super critical, but you know, the, as we mentioned in the previous episode, the, the whole idea of knowing how to design a system with control in mind or um, what, 
asking a programmer what's going to make something easier. What 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 is, what can I do to to reduce your effort, your time? What can I do to make this turn out better? How can we reduce the the overall cost so we can either make the project more profitable or get it done quicker or be able to save money? Uh, the I think programmers are an untapped resource for that, quite honestly. I, I agree. And kind of plays off of our uh, earlier episode, the last week one, um, where why we cost so much money for a programmer. But if our clients or users or even our salespeople are always throwing new equipment at us, that takes time to learn it. I, I agree with you. You can't get segment. You can't be sticking with the same stuff all the time because you got to learn and grow. But you can't always throw that on projects. So if you want to keep costs down, keeping with the similar project uh, equipment keeps your programming costs down. Without a doubt, I, I we talked a little bit too about you know how do you take programming and get it priced. And, you know, so I, I think that's an interesting thing for us to, to delve into a little bit about you know, what, what, what are some things from, so, so you, you're, uh, it can be, can, can play the role of a client very easily. Um, how, how can you scope programming? How, how can you be able to get pricing that you know is going to be a, a level playing field and has uh, less open to interpretation? Um, I think it might be a little hard on programming, uh, but you really got to get down and define it. So as you mentioned, we're outcome based. So if you can out define every piece of equipment and define what the outcome is and that okay the user interface looks like this because this is our standard very big in higher education our standards layouts are unique not unique but spread across our 200 rooms or how many rooms we have so given that layout and given that equipment list there's little interpretation for programming so if you send it out to five companies and you get wide range of prices, but you're getting like, as long as you're getting the same outcome and the, uh, with the same user interface with your standard, it's apples and apples because the coder, you're getting what you need. And if one programmer can do it with modules and configurator and the other one has to do everything by line and brand new, that's where your different costs come in. So I, I, I want to pick on that a little bit because I think you brought up a couple of good points there. I mean, one is to what extent do you define, uh, do you provide a button by button? I mean, how, how, how detailed do you come up with your description? But then the second is, is, you know, what do you also specify the requirements? How, how do you want it written? Because doing something in configuration versus writing it in code versus using modules. Those, those can be cost savings to the programmer and save them time, but it may not also sync up with what you're expecting. And that, that's a, a yet another good topic for us to explore in the future, which is why this is such a, a great conversation. 
that fun. It's like I said, I I haven't been on the user side specking programming uh, requirements. I've been there when we spec equipment and design and that we get very detailed on. So I figured, I'm assuming we can do the same with programming, but I, I don't know firsthand, but I do like, no, we're doing our classrooms. We're saying what model projector we want. And I'm telling you what model control processor I want and what keypad I want and how it's wired up well, to a point. Like I'm instead of using HMI, it might be HD base T that, um, but I'm not like, like we said, we uh, spec all that equipment in. So if say, let's say for example, I'm getting a Samsung TV and I spec this model Samsung TV and bidder one goes to Best Buy and buys it and bidder two gets it from a supplier and bidder three builds his own. As long as there's Samsung model TV, it's apples to apples. I don't care where you get it. It's the same model. Right. And kind of you got to do the same, I guess, with the programming is if you're going to eventually have a third, par- or third party or a in-house person or you know that you're going to need someone else to maintain this, you got to spec that out yeah. so that when they're bidding, it's easy for you to do that. And I, I, I would agree with that because that, I think that's where a lot of the, the variables come in and, and it's, it's hard because so one of the things that I'll, I, I can share from a, an experience standpoint is, is that when we are presented with a bid and many times that comes from a consultant, sometimes it comes from a, an end user uh, and programming is, is left to be open to interpretation your numbers are going to be all over the place. And, and, uh, and, and unless you understand what is expected of you, either you going to go in and try to price it aggressively and say, okay, this is what I'm all that I'm doing, or you're going to try to read into it. And then that's going to inflate your, your effort. And that's where a lot of the discrepancies come in. Um, so, it it can be a very very challenging, quite honestly, and and from an outsider's view, that's always been the, the 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 difficulty we've had. And kind of looping back around to you know having the seat at the table, one of the things that I try to offer people is, hey, let's sit down and write that scope, write that um, that that programming description, so that when you do go and have it priced, at least you know that everybody's pricing it to the same requirements. That's a good way. Definitely a good way to do it. It's, um, it, it's not something that's commonly done, but it's, but it, you know, it could be, um, it, to me, that's I think the value of you know, writing the code of course takes talent, but, but it's, it's understanding what needs to happen that I think is the, the, where, where all the value comes in. Yeah. Definitely. As well as the back end of of you know troubleshooting and making it work, but you know the we, we we've talked about that quite a bit too. Yeah. Um, I guess you know as we wrap up the, um, do you see in the future this changing a little bit? Do you do you um, have more of a sense that that programmers should be looking at 
getting involved in in doing more some design or do you, do you like well, what could help our what could help a programmer's situation um, whether it's for higher ed or or just um, in in a role in general to try to make the uh, that make make their influence more valuable to to a project. Um, I would probably say be a person of many hats. Um, learn designing. Uh, programming is definitely good, but as we mentioned, we're we're a unique piece, and a lot of people don't understand what we do. So it's one of those things. That like, oh, it shouldn't be that hard because they don't understand it um they don't understand all the work we do there so having things that make you stand out where you say i can program and i can do the ui as well and the ux and i can install the equipment as well now you're making yourself more marketable because instead of going to a integrator and saying okay you're going to install this equipment and then we're going to go out to a third-party programming house and you're going to uh, write the code for it and then six months now we're going to go hire a full-time person to maintain all this or can i go and hire this jack of all trade who can install who can program it and design the system i think that's where your value is um but then again once you become a jack of all trades you're a jack of no nothing um so it, it's a little hard um but i said i definitely think the more markable you are the better you are if you become a one trick pony you're going to be passed over quickly i i feel sure sure it's it, you know the, this this is certainly an ongoing conversation and i'd be curious to hear what what our audience has to say so please uh, please reach out to us with with some info and you know, do, do you struggle with being last man in, you know, can you relate to what we're saying there? I mean, we, we always say the programmer is the one that's left to turn the lights off. Uh, and, uh, and, and what can we do about it? Because I think that this is something, it, it's nothing new. It's been going on for a long time, but, but it'd be a good thing for this community to talk about a little bit more and, and see if we can bubble this up to, uh, to get programmers to be, both uh, recognized and also their voices heard to, to help because I, in the end, we're, we're all trying to do a good job and we're all trying to make things work. So why, why overcomplicate things unnecessarily? Um, James, how can people get in touch with you, um, share some feedback and, and learn what you're up to? Well, easiest way to get a hold of me is on Twitter, AV underscore James King. Um, you can find me on higheredav.com, writing the IT and AV column. Hepma, LinkedIn, I'm there a little bit, but not much. But or even hopefully some Sunday mornings, but AV and AM. Sounds good. I'd like to see you there and and join in in that conversation. You can reach me uh, at Steve Greenblatt on most social media platforms. Uh, Twitter and LinkedIn are probably where I hang out the most. Um, you could read a little bit of my writing on AV Network, um, which is the AV Technology Magazine. And also I uh, write the blog for my company's website at controlconcepts.net, uh, as well as other members of my team. But um, we, we would like to hear from you and we, we hope to continue to con have this conversation. And it is most 
beneficial and most effective when we have uh, feedback and participation from our audience. So please uh, look for us on um, YouTube, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so forth. And uh, we'd like to hear from you. With that said, this has been Ask the Programmer.